0: And welcome back to the What the Folk Sunland preview podcast. A 5 0 win over Morecambe and three wins in five games have moved Sunland up third in the table with two points behind Rotherham and Wickham. However, there's no rest for the wicked, and there's another huge test looming as we welcome this season's surprise package Plymouth Argyle to the stadium light on Saturday. And the chat about what has already been a huge week in the world of Plymouth Argyle is my colleague and returning guest and huge Plymouth fan, Stephen McElkenny. Stephen, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Hey, uh, not too bad. Thanks for having me back again. I thought I blew it last thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I had to kind of pretend that like I haven't been working alongside you all day. That was kind of the first time I've ever had to do that. So um, a peek behind the curtain. We've been speaking all day. I know exactly how Stephen is. As we've kind of spoke about when we've had time this week, Stephen, to be honest, mate, that, uh, we've got to start from the top. Ryan Lowes left Plymouth this week. He stuck over the job at Preston. I know a lot of Plymouth fans, including yourself, hurting about it because of the job he's done. Um, but how big of a blow is losing Ryan Lowe?
1: Yeah, I think in the in the long term, it's it's maybe not catastrophic. You know, he, he is he's he's been linked with a lot of jobs in the, in the football league. He's probably one of the more you know up and coming managers uh, across across the divisions, and he's always been there and thereabouts linked with big jobs. So I think it's not. Surprising that a club like Preston have came in and security services. It's part of the issue and, you know, a little bit of heart from Argyle fans is coming around the timing of it. It's not ideal. Uh, you know, we're, we're sitting relatively comfortable in League One and uh, it's kind of a, obliterated the season in some ways. However, I do think that the board have reacted well by appointing our assistant manager uh, immediately, actually before Preston confirmed it trying to keep a bit of contingency going um, with the squad who are obviously performing relatively well. Uh, so it's very hard uh, to, to kind of look at it rationally at the moment. Uh, and and even we, we don't know what really impact it will have. Uh, however, I think, you know, to try and mitigate the circumstances, uh, the board have done okay. And I think, you know, you, you can't hold someone back when, you know, if they don't want to be there and, it's no surprise I think across the, the divisions when Ryan loans linked with a, a championship club it's just it's just part of the package when we first secured services and I think if you look back on it, Argyle were lucky to secure services when they did had you know Barry not went under I don't think he would have came down to Argyle in the first place so in the cold light of day you maybe need to to kind of you know look at it that way. I think another thing that is in the back of a lot of Argyle fans' minds is obviously the death of Marvin Morgan this week as well. I I know you and I are sitting talking about football as a game. Uh, Sometimes, you know, the the bigger picture and a lot of perspective comes into it when, you know, you get a guy who's 38 years old in peak physical condition or, or, you know, was when he was playing and, and, you know, just passed away like that. So, you know, it it is one of those. It's been a a very strange week (laughs) to follow Argyle, but, you know, perspective is is everything and um, no one's bigger than the club at the end of the day. And I think that... Clubs now especially have those sort of modern practices in place where they try and you know, build beyond one manager or one director of football or one player. So um, I think that would be probably the way to do it. And, and the kind of the, Looking at it 24 hours later, that's probably how I feel.
0: I think with, with Ryan Lowe, because I was listening to the, the previous show that that we had on, it was the second last game of the season. We were kind of sleepwalking towards the playoffs. You weren't in the best of form. We certainly weren't. We, I think, went 3-1 that, that game. I barely remember because I had a horrific hangover that day. Because I, Funnily enough, that was when restrictions had slightly opened in Glasgow. Uh, too much sangria for me that night. But we talked about Ryan Law on that show. Uh, and we discussed how when you've got a manager that his name crops up continuously because he's a, a young manager that's coming through and, and there's a lot of clubs that are looking at him, that you kind of almost inevitably expect it to happen. But the Ryan Law move to Preston seemed to happen almost overnight. You mentioned the timing before. Is that kind of the biggest frustration that you kind of knew one day would go, but the fact that he's kind of gone in 24 hours is, is a bit most frustrating?
1: When I said timing, I, I don't necessarily mean, you know, how quickly it happened. I think it's more looking at the busy winter schedule, looking at January coming up, a really crucial time if we're, if we're serious about pushing on. Um, that's probably worse than the timing. I, I think, and I have no insight into this, um, but you, you'll probably know better than I do, and fans listening to this will know better than I do. But I don't think it's been done in 24 hours. Let's let's be honest, let's be honest about it. Um, I imagine that um, you know Ryan's obviously got his family up there in, in the north, and it's uh, probably seen the vacancy, and he's, he's had his head turned slightly before he's even you know been contacted. Now I'm not saying any any failed plays went on, but I I don't think it's been 24 hours, and I I don't think fans are really concerned about that timing aspect of it. It's more the fact that our are in the best position they have been in in a long, long time. They had a crucial run of games, including an FA Cup uh, tie, which we obviously came through that we're in the third round of the FA Cup. We're sitting quite relatively pretty in, in, in League One for our for our sort of, I would say, lowest standards or lowest expectations uh, this year. So it's more about that timing than the, than the 24-hour um, sort of aspect of it, to be honest.
0: You never know. Maybe, he's, uh, maybe he fancied a Christmas party close at the home. Um, Christmas party or a cheese and wine gathering? It depends what you're cheese and wine gathering. That's the <laughs> one. That's <laughs> the one. It was one one of the things that I'm, I'm sure. I'm not quite sure. My memory's fuzzy. but Um, with Ryan Lowe, we'll touch on one more thing with him b- before we move on, because he's not going to be involved in any way, of the form in the game at the weekend. But but what has Ryan Lowe brought to Plymouth, and, and what could he potentially lose with it going? Well, this is what
1: this is what I was saying to you. You know. I had, also was an indication of this game. You know, we'd be chatting uh, ahead of this game a couple of weeks ago, and, and was thinking about. I mean, from top to bottom, Argyle have been reorganised and restructured. But as I said to you on this podcast before, it's not been a case of at a board level. There's fan engagement. There's, there's all of the you know the great things that are going on with Simon Hall et cetera. He's definitely brought a brand of football that has become associated with Argyle, you know, three at the back or you know, wing backs, etc., fast attacking football, uh, giving every game a goal. You know, the antithesis of Derek Adams football, which we were sort of accustomed to for a while. So he has, you know, definitely had a mark on this on the squad, and I think as well a lot of players would want to play for him. You know, he brought a lot of the very connections. Danny Mayer obviously being the real standout, who we're likely going to lose in January now. If I'm if I was a betting man, I would say that. I think that's maybe the the sort of the the very sort of pragmatic things or pragmatic things that are are there. that he's lost that he brought. Sorry, but I do think that um, you know the club as a structure is well run. It's well organized. The contingency of you know having his assistant manager coming in might mean it's relatively similar in the style we play obviously time will tell in, in 35 minutes or something when we kick off against mk dons but i do think that uh you know he's, he's had an impact on the club undoubtedly he's been a massive part of uh you know the, the transition at argyle and, and the way that they've shaped things from you know coming coming up from from the divisions and I think, you know, history will look fondly on Ryan Lowe. I think there will be a, a, a respect from Argyle fans in the long term. Uh, and, and I don't think he'll be, you know, thought ill of when, if he comes back. Um, but it's time to move on. That's as simple as that. And uh, the ambitions of a club are above the ambitions of one man. Simple as that.
0: Talking about moving on. I think the club, as you said before, uh, announced Stephen Schumacher his assistant before, before Ryan Lord officially been confirmed at Preston, although I think we all knew what was sort of happening. It does sometimes happen in football clubs where the assistant gets promoted. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you mentioned to me during the week that you know, you're know you relatively happy with it, or you, you understand it at least. What were your thoughts on the move and, and what are the Plymouth fans' thoughts on the move? Well, again, it comes back to that contingency aspect. You know, if. If our were to appoint someone totally fresh with new
1: ideas and, and also if our entire, you know, development team and squad and, or sort of the coaching staff had left, then yes, you, you have no option but to, to sort of re, reinvent the wheel. However, Schumacher said he wants to, to stay on. His, his family have moved down to, to Plymouth. Uh, he showed a commitment to the club and a loyalty to, to the club. Uh, surely, you know, he's, he's learned under Ryan Lowe. He knows the players. We're coming up to January. I imagine there's been, you know, it's not like football manager in January 1st. You go, I'm going to sign this guy. You know, clubs have been targeting players from the start. They know exactly what positions they need. So, there's an awareness that comes with appointing uh, Schumacher. And arguably as well, in the position that Ardell are in, it's maybe not as risky to appoint them and give them a shot. Now, it's not like we're fighting for relegation. and We arguably are fighting for promotion. Now, that may go. But Realistically, was automatic promotion an aim for Plymouth Argyle this season? Probably not, you know, so I think that fans are relatively excited about it to an extent, you know, that they understand it. it's a logical decision. It's not, you know, reinventing the wheel, it's not ripping up what, we're, what we've built. Uh, there's a degree of contingency of what we can expect, and I think, you know, if you were in the board's position, most fans would have made the same same call. It was done seamlessly. It was done quickly. It was done efficiently. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're playing MK on in a massive game tonight. and we've got Sunderland. If you look at the run of games we've had against, you know, top clubs, it's important we can't dilly-dally. And that's exactly what Ardell have done. They've just went in quickly and sorted it, which is all you can
0: ask for, really, as a fan. I was going to say, from a, a fan perspective, you've maybe answered this question in a way, but I'm trying to remember the times it's happened with Sunderland. I think maybe Sabresia took over from, from Roy Keane and it felt like a very, like, boring appointment, I'm not going to lie, and and fans do live on excitement and the kind of thing when a manager goes, oh, can we get this person, this person, this person, before you're ultimately disappointed and you're presented with Phil Parkinson. Um, Not a case with that at Plymouth It was a case of, I think everyone thinks it's quite a, a clever appointment based on the circumstances, isn't it?
1: Oh, well, yeah, I, I think that exactly. I mean, it, it,
0: it's a it's a decision
1: that makes the most sense, and I imagine it's not costing an arm and a leg to appoint our system managers to the managerial position first and foremost. We still need to be pragmatic about you know some restrictions, etc. Financially, uh, we need to be cautious about that. So that's that's important. But also, there's not it is an upheaval. In, in the season right there is no denying that however has the upheaval been minimized by the fact that coaching staff are staying the assistant managers taking over the players are arguably just as settled under a similar playing uh, system yes also is there as much pressure on Schumacher as there would be a new manager I'm not so sure because if you think about it when he's coming in he's looking at it in a, in a way of you know well they know they knows what's there. The fans don't maybe expect as much from him. So we'll maybe give him a bit more time. Whereas if you were to get a name, if you were to get someone in that you know was tearing up the, the whole ethos of the club, then that can also be jarring with the with the fans as well. So I, I do think it's been done in, in the right way. If you look you know closer to our home and, and look at what's happened at Rangers, for example, you know, where they lost every single member of our coaching staff. Now, yes, they were fortunate and it was an international break and they have appointed a, a really good coach. But the pressure, obviously that comes from, you know, a Celtic Rangers manager anyway, but the pressure that's on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, for example, is exceptionally high. There's an expectation. The first defeat's going to be, you know, you know, crest and half across papers, crisis mode. I don't think that'll happen at Argyle. You know, we could lose tonight. We, you know, we could potentially, you know, see the wheels come off a little bit but we've won 17 games or we didn't get beat 17 games in a row this season. You know, the wheels were going to come off at some point. Um, And an interesting theory from fans that's came up now is that, you know, was Ryan Lowe's head turned a few weeks ago when we went on this sort of poor run? Was that part of the, you know, the issues that have came up? Now, I don't really buy into that. I think the players and the managers would be professional to the end. But that just shows you how, you know, a week's a long time in football and looking back on it, it, it can change quite rapidly, you, the attitudes towards people. So that's, I think that the club have, have, have handled it in the best possible way. And I think if it was the end of the season, it maybe be a different thing. You could say it's lacking ambition, but I think for a December the 7th appointment you know, is as, as good as you can get, really.
0: Talking about Plymouth season as a whole, obviously a lot's changed this week for, as we've discussed at length, but... I'd be lying if I said that Plymouth weren't the surprise package. You look at the teams up and around there in the top six, top eight, and I think most of them you sort of expect to be there. You've got your yourselves, you've got your Wiggins, you've got your Wickhams, you've got Rotherham, the teams that were tipped to be there, whereas Plymouth were probably more widely tipped to be relegation candidates, if, if not to be relegated at the start of the season because of the poor run of form they had, despite having Ryan Lowe. That hasn't been the case. I think even if you do sort of drop off, which you may, you may not, you never really know at this point in the season. Regardless, you should be absolutely safe and at the very least mid-table. But but why did the team start the season so well? What what was different about the end of last season to with you when you're on poor form to come into this season and then suddenly just go top of the league out of nowhere?
1: Well well, the team didn't start off very well. I mean they got
0: they got absolutely
1: hounded by by Rotherham in the first game of the season and you
0: We've this done that, thought, don't worry. We're all used this, to
1: it. I thought this was <laughs> going to be a, a long season. But I actually think, and I think we talked about this actually, I was, I, I couldn't believe the business that Argyle got done in the summer. I, I really couldn't believe the players that we're bringing in um, and the players we were managing to retain. You know, the fact that Danny Mayer stayed on, Ryan Broom came in, I thought really just smart signings. Uh, Jordan Garrick as well. You know, <laughs> you know decisions that... I mean, I, I think it must bring us up every time, but like the Will Greg thrown money at something, you know, it, it was very well thought out. It was very, the signings were, you know, well planned. We had Ryan Hardy return, um, you know, on a permanent. So we had all of those things that were, every signing I thought, this is, this is going to be one where oh, we were right. This, this is the last sort of good one. And then, you know, the next inning came in. I think one of our first seasons was Dan Scar, I think, from Walsall. And we'd scouted him since like February. So it shows you the, the level of detail that was being put in. And not just by Ryan Lowe, but by the club as a whole, and by Andrew Parkinson, by, by everyone involved in the club. And and as I say it, that that's why I think that a lot of Argyll fans feel somewhat optimistic um about, you know, even the change, because yes, it's not ideal, but the club from top to bottom is being well run, it's been well managed. Um, you know, that price of football always says um it's amazing reading your Argyle accounts, how transparent they needlessly are. You know, it's it's stuff like that that it gives you a, a confidence in your club. Um and it as I say, I, I think that's that's part of it. I do think that they, they signed well, Um I've said it to you every single time I see that Mike Cooper's one of the best keepers in the league, undoubtedly for me, and probably one of the most one of the best potential. Look, Jeff caught obviously hot and cold, but you know, that we signed really. I, I couldn't I, honestly, I, the summer, I just couldn't believe how well we signed. So, you're saying it's a surprise package, but I actually think that football fans across maybe you know that watched a lot of league football weren't overs overly surprised to think well Plymouth might be pushing the playoffs you know when when you had the signs top of the league yeah was was remarkable but I also think that you know football there comes this confidence becomes a degree of authority that you get used to winning you get used to not losing and that explains the remarkable run they went on um and I, I, I think as well you know <laughs> I think it's a it's a very weird league this time. I think league one that's it's quite strange. You know, you can if you get a good run of fixtures, you can you can batter a few teams and then there's a lot of good teams, you know, there are thereabouts at the top. Um but you know, Paul Stark, you still say if you win your home games and draw away, you've got a good chance of going up. And that's that's basically what Argell have been doing. Um so I mean you, you save the surprise package, but I think if you look at like four four two. And stuff at the start of the season, yeah, but when you actually look at the players have got on paper, you go, well, actually, no, you'd expect this team to be there, but especially when you see what other League 1 teams have, have signed. So I think your yeah. forwards
0: as well, you know, you look at your forwards, you've got, I think, um I think a lot of my thought process at, this, at the start of the season for, for why I thought Plymouth would be there was, Can both those forwards continue to score in in Ryan Hardy and also Jeff Cott? And the fact of the matter is they kind of have, haven't they? And I think it also goes to prove that despite the other players you've got around as well, if you've got strikers, that can score goals. But there was one particular player I wanted to touch on because I'll openly admit, for me, he's the worst player Sunderland have ever had. Um, But he's doing all right at Plymouth. Brendan Galloway, how's he getting on? Well, he, he had a
1: really bad injury. Um, you know, awful, awful injury. So he's he's not ah. going to be true. I think probably until I think it might be the start of next season. You know, I think he dislocated his knee or something like that It was pretty bad. Jesus, um, it was in a Tuesday night game, so he was doing quite well. You know, I think he was he was set to go to the Afcon a- 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 with Zimbabwe. Um, so you know, it's he was he was doing well for Argel. He was he was and and again it was part of that attacking sort of flair that. That we had, you know, going forward, we had speed, we had pace, uh, and you know, home parks are relatively wide pitch. You play it. You, if you give teams a goal, you know, regardless of of who they are in this league, you you are going to score. Um, and that was Arnaud's attitude for us. So no, I, I, it wasn't wasn't too bad for us at all. Um, and I mean, we've we've got habits in this. You know, Remy Matthews is an absolute god in in, in Devon, um, and you guys can't stand him. So you know, it's it's just it's just part and parcel of it. How, how, how players are in the system and how they, they bed into it is, is a big part of it, I think.
0: Funny when you talk about certain players at certain clubs, I cannot for the life of me remember, I think I might have been Josh at work, obviously a Birmingham fan, discussing league camp and he said, you know, it was not too bad for us. And league camp, probably up there with Galloway, well, probably is the worst goalkeeper we've ever had. But sometimes players just fit into systems, fit into clubs and and a lot yeah. of, for some reason a lot of them don't fit into something but um, in terms of current form obviously we're speaking as we've said before the MK Dons game tonight so you could go and batter them or you could go and get battered we don't know as we speak um, the beauty of having to do podcasts but you've got ourselves on Saturday you've got Charlton and Portsmouth come over the next few weeks there's been a bit of a dip of form of late probably defeats that sort of the season you might have expected in Wiggum, uh, Wigan Wigan, Wigan, Charlton with the games coming up and the recent form you've had is how important is the game on Saturday in terms of determining how your season's going to be defined or is it kind of already better than expected? So it's not as important as it maybe sounds.
1: I mean, the, I don't think any game at the moment is season-defining, you know. You know yourself, League One. Last night, you know, you, you wouldn't expect to win five 0 at Markham. You'd expect to beat them, but you also wouldn't be surprised if Markham had beaten you. You know, it's, it's it's League One. That's the beauty of League One, and the beauty of the Championship, and the beauty of League Two. Um, you know, it's. I don't think any game is is sort of defining. I think, however, that there could be a new manager bounce, or the issues there might not be. You know, and and that's the thing. You, you might have this rot that's seeping in, um, from a, a few defeats, a few, uh, you know we got blown away by Wickham at home and then a last minute goal against Wigan. So, you know, a real sucker punch, but Rochdale maybe steadied the ship. Um, however, as I as hinted at as well, a few injuries um, creeping up, uh, a few sort of, you know, concerns, I guess, about burnout, et cetera, it's coming to that time of year. So I think, well, t- tonight and and Saturday are, are really big games, you know, undoubtedly they're big games. You need to beat or pick up points around t- against teams around you. However, it's not make or break. It's, it's a big game in the fact that we have a new manager, players will be wanted to, to respond and he'll be wanting to make his mark. Uh, so there's no denying it. However, I I don't think it's you know it's it's as big a game as it is for Argyle as it is for Sunderland. And you know, it's it's going to be a good one. It's as simple as that. I think it's going to be a very good game. And it's one that, you know, you'd be hard pushed to pick a winner, I think, and but based even on on current form potentially, but you know, looking at the league table, it's neck and neck, really. So it'll be a, a, a big, good game, let's say that.
0: <laughs> you, you touched on it before about the um the expectations of Plymouth and that, you know, people had, uh, you felt you could do, and, and some people had you in there under the playoffs, some other people thought mid-table, other people, such as myself, shows you how much you know about football, Probably tipped you to be in and around the relegation places. That hasn't happened, but because of the start of the season that you had and going top and going clear at the top of points, although it had been early in the season, has it changed the expectations of the fan base, or is the fan base still kind of like it'd be great if we can go, you know, first, second, third, all playoffs? But realistically, you know, top eight is is, is good for us.
1: I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. No one remembers or cares who wins League One, right? No one cares. League one is all about getting out of it. It's as simple as that. So yes. if, if Argyle were somehow to get out of League one, uh, it would be, you know, you'd actually have to come to my house in Glasgow and just get me out of the foundations of it, right? That's, that's <laughs> the kind of level. Um, I think, you know, at the start of the season, yes, it there's a lot of positives. Argyle were playing great football. However... You look at the league table and you see someone have got four games in hand, or MK Dons have got two. And if you follow football, it's not a genius workout. Yeah, you enjoy the buzz of being top of the league or near the top of the league. And I think there would be. There would be a disappointment if Argyle were to go on and finish 15th, for example, or to not improve on last season's performance. I think that should be the aim of a club, especially in League One. It should be to improve on every season you're there. You know, build up from, you know, set the foundations and and build yourself up to that, you know, playoff push or promotion push. So I think there would be a degree of frustration and a degree of disappointment. I do think that if Argyle were to totally fall away, then you might find fans been slightly more disgruntled about the whole Ryan Lowe leaving mid-season thing, um, which, you know, would be understandable. But I also think that realistically, are Argyle going to be there, thereabouts? I'm not so sure. I think this is a, a critical, you know, a, a critical jump in over season for sure. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, the expectations haven't been blown away. I have to be honest, when Argyle kept making signings in the summer, I was like, we're, we're going to be there, thereabouts. You know, I honestly thought we'll be pushing for playoffs. So, I, 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 do, and I, I mean, the raw room of the team has to tick to, to win it all. And I think I said yeah, that at the start, of the start of the year. So, I mean, that's that for me is the, the things I've, I've generally thought. I think our will be in the playoffs or there thereabouts. And I don't think that even the run of games next, you know, five, six games are t- difficult, but, you know, we're still, what, 17 or something to go. <laughs> and, and, and if you can put a run together like you did at the end, or if you can reinforce, you know, in positions we need in January, um, then, you know, there's nothing to stop Argyle going on a similar run because the the, the brand of football the football they play is, is difficult to stop. It's attractive. People wanted to play there when Ryan Lowe was there. And, you know, if you're part of something and pushing for something, then by all means, it, you know, it, I, I don't see why it can't continue. They've done this well this far. Um, so I don't see why that would change. You know, it's not like we've reinvented or ripped up the bit we were on. So I think the expectations have maybe dipped slightly since, you know, the bad run of games. But I think long-term, the expectations of the club and the fan base remain kind of similar. You'll get your unrealistic you know, people that think we're going to win the whole thing, but that's, I don't think it's going to dip too much, to be honest.
0: Talking of Plymouth versus Sunderland, um, memories of playing you away, genuinely quite good in my lifetime. However, memories of playing Plymouth at home are not necessarily great. You beat us last time you were there. You beat us back in the championship season when Niall Quinn was in charge just before Roy Keane took over. You've technically won in the space of a long spate of years that we've played each other, two of the last three at the stadium, like, we've been very good at home this season. Being away from home is probably where our problems have been. How do you see Plymouth setting up on Saturday coming at us? Or do you think it's going to be a case of caution first and then see if you can get us on the break? I think
1: I think our goal will
0: always attack to some extent, you know, and, and where that be counter-attacking,
1: um, where it be sort of, you know, Hitting teams on the break or, or trying to build play up that way, I do think that this game has goals in it. Simple as uh, you know, I, I, I can't see it being a, a nil-nil, Q a boring nil-nil for now. Since I've said that, but I, I think that you know our goal will. And this is the thing as well. I was listening to to Monday Night Football uh, on on Monday, know, and they were talking about how teams now come and play the way they play, regardless. So we are analysing the Bundesliga game between Dortmund and. In Bayern Munich, and they were just saying, you know, Gary Neville was saying, but when he was, um, you know, playing for Man United, it'd be we'll set up differently to counter this threat, or we'll do something differently to change this, you know, this argument. We know their winger there's fast, so we'll put this person there. Now teams, a lot of teams, modern football come and play their way. Our guy's going to do that every single game, which is why I, I sit and I say, well, yeah, we, we, we're going to give it a go. So I think that there'll be goals in it. I think it'll be. Um, I think it'll be a really good game, to be honest, and uh, I, I don't see why Argyle would sit deep because if you sit deep against Sunderland, you're asking, especially at home, you know, you're asking for teams to come onto you, and you've got players like, you know, that can just open up, unlock defences quite easily, uh, with a bit of skill and a bit of flair. So I, I don't see why Ar- Argyle would change your system. And I would also argue as well, if you look back at previous games Argyle played, you know, against Wigan, Wickham admittedly as well, um, and a lot of the games Argyle featured in and lost in recently. They've not changed how they played. They've, they've stuck to those principles because, you know, that's that's how they played it well. Um, same in the cup ties, Sheffield Wednesday, obviously the 0-0 game at home. They still went for it, at, you know, at uh, Hillsborough. So I don't see why they wouldn't do it on, on, on Saturday.
0: And last but not least, as always, my guest got his prediction right last week. I didn't. Um, I think I've got one right this whole season, which is kind of definitely my form of last season, just carrying on, but... I'm going to say 2-1 Sunland on Saturday. Um, um, I fancy a 2-1 uh, for Sunland, I really do. Um, I think we're strong at home. But I do think we concede goals. But but where are you going for the uh, prediction-wise on Saturday?
1: So my head says 3-2 Sunderland. My heart won't allow me to say that. So I'm going to go with 2-1 Argyle. Um, and, and I mean, the reason for it actually is I actually think if I was going to be very, very bold here, I'm going to say that I don't think a single striker will score in the game. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sort of counter-attacking goals, um, you know, like Ryan Broom, Kamara, etc. you know, things like that. If, if you look at, and this is just from an Argyle point of view, if you look where our goals came from and the assists, for example, you know, Hardy's I think, has got four or five, and then you've got, that's kind of spread out across the, the team. You know, I think there's about five or six players that have four or five assists between them, whereas I don't think you can say that with a lot of, of teams in League 1 so I think there's going to be some counter and some play football but yeah I, I just think there'll be goals like I, I'll be really disappointed if there's not to be honest um, although I do think that you know given the weather and stuff we've had it maybe does
0: depend on the conditions we get as well but uh, the yeah end of the storm at the weekend I think
1: yeah so I mean that, that actually could change things a little bit but no, I know I do think that we'll be I think there'll be goals and I think you know whoever's going to the game I was going to go until you know all, all these train lines stopped pretty much but um, I, I do think that there's going to be you know, really good attacking um, and, and enjoyable football for those that go and watch it.
0: I don't normally say this at the end of a podcast, but Stephen, thanks very much. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see you
1: tomorrow. for having me on and, um, you, know, you can wear your... I actually wore the Christmas jumper to meetings today, which was. Uh, I, I didn't realise I've got an Argyle Christmas jumper on. So you can wear it tomorrow and that'll be
0: revenge. <laughs> If I can find one. Um for those listening, as always, thanks for for listening in. Subscribe if you want. Uh don't if you don't want to, if you just want to listen the one episode, that's fine by me. Um and enjoy the match on Saturday.